0: We're going to be reading uh, Psalm 23, and uh, if you'd like to uh, follow along in your Bibles, it's found on page 541, but um, this morning, however you've learned it, even as a kid, might be different than somebody else's, but let's just recite it. Uh, a, A psalm that I'm sure many of you know by heart, and I hope is very meaningful to you. And so together, let's everyone say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This morning we're going to be looking at our physical health and specifically the effect that stress can have on our health. The psalm we're going to be looking at, I hope, will be an encouragement to you as we see a number of truths that can help us not to be so stressful, not to be so anxious, but to put our trust in the Lord and to live our lives by every word that God says. I read recently that, only, that not only are Americans dealing with uh, a lot of high blood pressure, I guess it's really gone up in, in recent years. Um, as well as depression, but uh, also stress has become an epidemic. Stress relief has become big business in our country, not only through therapy, but through pills, through yoga, through other things that they they promote for that. Whenever your body feels threatened by something, whether it's real or it's uh, perceived, it responds with stress. I think we all know that. And whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, when you deal with stress in an unhealthy way, it affects our bodies. It, it, it creates anxiety within us. And that can really make us sick because that can, again, increase your pulse, increase your blood pressure. Um, it can give you an ulcer in your stomach, um, keep you from sleeping at night, on and on and on. You know if a truck is coming and you're in the way and suddenly you see the, the the truck that adrenaline that's a good thing I mean because suddenly you're you're full of this energy and you'll hopefully jump out of the way so you don't get hit by a truck The only problem is a lot of people they just live with that stress all the time whether a truck is coming or not that stress is just always there in their lives and and it, and it eats away at you it eats away at your spirit at at your heart and, and it has a way of stealing your peace. Let's look briefly at the kind of things that I think create stress in your life. I'm sure there's, there's more that I could say, but just a couple. First, there's worry. Let's use uh, your finances as an example. It's easy to allow worry to take root in your mind when things are tough and challenging and, and they're, they're not going well. It might begin uh, small, But as that seed of worry begins to fester and grow in your heart, it's amazing how big it can get. Pretty soon, before you even know it, it it gives rise to the sin of coveting, greed, hoarding, even stealing. It can also make you selfish, envious, jealous, just to name a few. Since worry is not content to just stay in that little place that you originally gave it in your heart, it's not long before it grows grows, and starts to try to control you, making you physically sick, depressed, again, high blood pressure, loss of sleep, you fill in the blank. Eventually even causing you to doubt God's ability to care for you. That's the worst part of it. We take our eyes off of God and we become consumed about what's going on in our lives and that's all we can see. And when you stare at that long enough, rather than keep your eyes on the Lord, you start to doubt. You start to wonder if God really is big enough to take care of you. Second stressor we often struggle with is hurry. That might sound like an unusual one, but it's just as real. The faster you go, the more anxiety it creates in your life. We live in a microwave nanosecond world. Where everybody wants it now, they want it yesterday, they don't want to wait. If you've got to wait more than two or three people in uh, McDonald's uh, drive through it drives you crazy. It's not fair that I have to do all this waiting. Why don't they open a third aisle or a fourth one so we don't have to wait? You know, that sort of thing. I remember when Arla and I were in Germany, we were uh, driving in, uh, um, on the Autobahn. And on the autobahn, you can drive as fast as you want, guys. You got to do this. This is a good thing. And I got that rental car up to 140, and we were moving along. And you know, but I found that after a while, you get stressed out going so fast because you, you got to react quick. Because when you see a car coming, if you're not over, I mean, it's right there when you're going that fast. And after we kept going by all these cars, after a while, the anxiety of it just kind of got to me and. It's fun to do it for a little while, but to keep doing it, it's, yeah, it's, it makes you anxious. It's not like driving down the, the main street of Rudyard. Totally different feeling when you're going that fast. <laughs> Third, another modern stressor is multiple choice. Multiple choice. Today, there is more choices than ever before. Actually, it's tempting to think that, wow, are we blessed. Look at all the choices we have. And we think it's liberating. Not necessarily. All those choices can cause a lot of indecision. Because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to choose. And that can really wear on you. Have you gone to uh, Starbucks lately? You can get a double espresso, skinny iced coffee, latte, mochiano, frappuccino, americano, hold the whipped cream. I mean, it's amazing the choices you can have at Starbucks. Remember it used to be decaf and regular? Another big choice you had was sugar or cream. That was it. Not anymore. Anything you want can be in there. And and having all those choices, it has a way of paralyzing you. Last one I'll I'll mention, we'll just call pluralism. Pluralism. We live in a, a world where the people around us often have very different beliefs, convictions, lifestyle standards, things like that hundred years ago, we were all pretty much on the same wavelength as far as what we thought. People were fairly conservative, but that's not true anymore. People are all over the place. Just look at politics today and how quickly that can divide families and friends and even our country. That division, it, it, it creates conflict. And our leaders, they even promote this. This division causes lots of stress and anxiety in our lives as well. You can be at the same table with somebody else and, and most times the conversation is good but sometimes you can feel that stress right away come up that wall and it just seems to divide us from others and sometimes it's hard to know how to maneuver in this kind of a world with everything going on. Or what about the fear of the future with all the ifs? All the possibilities. What's going to happen in Ukraine? What's going to happen with China? Is China going to partner with Russia? What's Putin going to do? What's Russia going to do? How is this going to affect the oil? On and on and on. We can start worrying about that. And What if? And that can create anxiety and worry in our lives. So how do you deal with these stressors? I think Psalm 23 has a lot to say actually about that and as we look at this psalm I I pray that it'll be as healing balm for each of us as we think about those things that that create that kind of stress in our lives you may may remember the story some years ago there was a a ram named Shrek in New Zealand for six years Shrek was uh, on the loose running for his life he hated to be sheared apparently didn't want nothing to do with it. And so he, he moved up to the mountains. And that's where he lived for six years without being sheared. When they finally found him, he couldn't move. That's how much wool was on this thing. And it was so matted and, and, and so dirty. And there were so many bugs and bristles and everything imaginable that 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 he couldn't even hardly lay down. And he was clearly stressed out. The, 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 um, the wool was covering his eyes. He could hardly see He didn't know what was happening around him, he didn't know if predators were coming, and he was skinny, he lost a lot of weight, and 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 so a shepherd found him. And they did they 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 did something to him that he hated the most. They they he laid him on his side and he started to shear him, and he sheared all that, that dirty, matted wool off of him. The thing that he hated the most is what he needed the most. And afterwards, apparently Shrek was pretty happy. And when he came back down, he was content to stay with the sheep. He no longer ran off. He didn't want that kind of life anymore. But I think we can be a lot like Shrek. God has given us so much, and yet we wander away. We try to do it on our own. We try to do things in our own strength. And before we know it, we're we're stressed just like Shrek. And it's not easy. We get miserable, we get stressed, we get anxious causes stomach aches, sleep problems and instead of really experiencing Sabbath rest, it's just another day, like any other so what does our psalm say, what can we do to combat this stress well because of time I'm not going to get into each of these very deeply but we have studied the psalm before so I think it's familiar to you. First, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Boy, aren't those wonderful words. The Lord, he's your shepherd. He's my shepherd. And he's going to meet all your needs. Actually, the name that David uses for his shepherd is Yahweh. And Yahweh is God's covenant name. And it means eternal one. It means the the great I am. It means living, faithful. Faithful. When you spoke God's name, it immediately brought comfort to God's people because they knew what that covenant name symbolized and represented. God's faithfulness, God's love, how God cares for us as people. The name Yahweh tells us that he is powerful and mighty. Jeremiah 32.17 reminds us that nothing is impossible for Yahweh. Nothing is impossible for him. Because he is great and mighty and powerful. He knows your needs before you do. Do you know that? Before you even know, you know there's a problem. He's been working on the solution. That's how powerful our God is. Matthew 10:30 says, He even knows the number of hairs on your head, which is a good, which is a way of saying, a symbolic way of saying that he knows everything about you. He knows all your needs. And so you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. When Jesus revealed himself to his followers as a good shepherd in in John 11, it was as if David's picture was coming to life, Psalm 23, in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, and he was willing to lay down his life for his sheep. He was willing to lay down his life and go to the cross. That's how much he loved you and I and because he's our shepherd david was confident that god would meet all his needs all his needs it's like when god revealed himself to moses as i am moses was to tell was supposed to tell the children of israel i am has sent me to you what a comfort that was now god could have said i was that wouldn't have been as comforting because that would have meant that he was God of the past or God could have said to Moses, you know what? I will be. Well, that's comforting. That'll help me in the future. But what about right now? No, God said, I am. I am Moses. And Moses in turn said to the people, I am has sent me to you. I am is the one who's watching over you, who loves you. That's why you don't have to be afraid. That's why you don't have to fear. This was David's confidence even when he was on the run from King Saul. With Yahweh as our our shepherd, we can be assured he will give us everything we need. You know, I I imagine David when he was on the run from, from King Saul, more than likely having written this psalm. And what amazing words what a statement of faith for him to speak those words in times of, of crisis, when going through the valley of the shadow of death, when everything is up in the air and you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And yet David had peace because he knew the Good Shepherd was watching over him. That God would supply all his needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God would supply all his needs. That's our comfort. And so it doesn't matter. The creek goes dry. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world around us. We don't have to fear. Because we serve a great shepherd, Yahweh, who's watching over us. He's our shepherd. That means you don't have to look to the world to make you content. You don't need the world to validate you. You don't need others to make you happy. God has a better way, and it's called the good shepherd. Only our shepherd can give us what we truly need, what we truly long for. Second, David says we need to obey God's instructions about rest. Obey God's instructions about rest. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We, even, we often think of rest as a luxury, something you do when you have a little time left over. That's not how the Bible speaks of rest. Rest is a necessity. Rest is important. Actually, it's a command. Think about this. If God had wanted to, he could have created us without needing to rest each day. Do you realize how much time we spend sleeping? It's a third of our life. A third of your life you've spent sleeping. Wouldn't that, couldn't we have been way more productive if God would have just got rid of that need for sleep? So we could just stay busy serving the Lord? Why did God make it a command that we had to observe a Sabbath day rest? I mean, couldn't we do so much more for the Lord if we just stayed busy? Yeah, we could. But the Bible is clear. God wants us to rest. God wants us to depend on him and look to him. We need to realize that in ourselves we're not sufficient but we need him. We need him, his strength in our lives. In ourselves, we are nothing. Clearly, Scripture teaches this is the will of God, that we rest. God even modeled this for us. It's a creation principle, as well as what I said. It's one of the Ten Commandments. All the things that God could command us to do, rest is one of them. That's how important it is. And I hope it's that important to you. Psalm 23 verse 2 says he makes us lie down. You ever tried to make your children lie down for a nap? A lot of fun, isn't it? Or, or, or go to bed at night? I know when Noah struggles with uh, going to bed, um, usually we do one of two things. Either we'll, we'll turn a light on in the hallway or the bathroom so there's more light. Or we'll sit next to him on his bed. And those two things seem to comfort him. Isn't that true for us too? When we're going through difficult times, when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, to know that God is present with us, what a comfort that is. And to see his light in our our darkness, again, it gives us hope. It enables us to get through those those difficult times. You know, our best requires rest. Rest. Our, our best, it requires it. Your health spiritually, mentally, physically, it depends on it. You're not wasting your time when you rest, but it's a necessity. The problem is I think we all feel guilty when we rest. We feel guilty when we take a day off. We've got it in our minds that we always have to be busy. We always have to be doing something. And God says to us, you know, number one, I just want to spend time with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be your shepherd. I want you to be with me. I want you to lie down in green pastures beside still waters. I want you to rest a while. I want you to obey Psalm 91 that says to come and sit in my shadow and rest a while. The shadow of the Almighty. We all need to make time for that. And when we don't, we're the ones who suffer for it. Third, if you want to reduce stress and anxiety in your life, then you need to go to God for guidance. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You ever struggle with making up your mind about something? Or about what path to walk down or what choice to make? David encourages you at times like this to go to God for guidance. You know, friends' advice, that's great. That's not the best advice. You know, going to ABC or NBC or some news station, that maybe there's some good news there. But that's not the best advice either. You know what the best advice is? Going to God. Going to his word. Seeing what God has to say about something. We don't always do that. It's so easy to look to God as something you do later on after you've tried to work it out yourself in your own strength and God says, no, you gotta put me first. Again, we've talked about this when we talked about observing our Sabbath rest, but James 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all people liberally and doesn't condemn or criticize them. In other words, God gives graciously and generously. All you gotta do is ask. You just have to ask for wisdom, for Him to guide and and to lead you forth. David calls us to trust God even in the dark shadows. Again, we all go through dark valleys from time to time. I think one of the most common um, experiences that, that, that we have when we're in that dark valley is, is loss of things. It could be loss of a loved one, but even more than that loss of health, loss of your income, even your reputation. While appropriate grief is, is a good thing, it's a, it's a healthy reaction to loss, an inappropriate response to that grief is to be afraid, is to fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Because our shepherd's there, and he carries a big stick, and that comforts me. Because David's trusting in God during those hard and difficult times, that means that tells us he wasn't afraid. And, and it's clear by looking at that psalm and other psalms, that he wasn't afraid. Oh, at times, things got to him. He felt overwhelmed, but overall, because he kept his eyes on Yahweh. it gave him courage and it enabled him, enabled him to get through those difficult times. Finally, David encourages you to allow God to be your defender. Allow God to be your defender. Another common source of stress is conflict, opposition, criticism, attacks from others. Do you know there's people in this world that don't like you? (laughs) Can you accept that? That's just life, isn't it? Not everyone's going to like you. You can be the nicest person in the whole world. Some people are just going to be out to get you. You might even have a friend that has turned on you. You might even have a family member that picks on you and always tries to belittle you and make you feel, feel small. Putting you down that has a way of making others feel better, just briefly. It's a poor way to do it. It doesn't last, but we understand what makes somebody do it. And we should understand that as well. You know, it's so easy to... It's so, it's, well, it's so hard to go through times like that at school, to have others gossip about you and say things about you that are totally untrue. What do you do at times like that? Or what do you do if you go to work and you have coworkers that are, are speaking unkindly about you, spreading rumors, spreading lies? Do you attack them back? That's what the devil would like us to do. That right away builds up walls, doesn't it? Is that how we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves? Clearly not. Instead, we're called to treat our enemies with love and with care and with respect. We need to show them Christ Jesus through our lives. You know, God is so good to David. He says here that he's going to prepare a table for him in the presence of his enemies and anoint his head with oil so that his cup runneth over. What a thing to do. Think of God doing that for you in front of your enemies. In front of those who attack you. That he prepares a table for you. And he wants to bless you and anoint you with oil. And by doing all those things, he's saying, you're my child. You're my chosen one. And he's saying to everyone around you, back off. He or she belongs to me. See, when we know that, when we understand that, then you don't have to retaliate. Do you know that? You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to tell somebody off. But you can leave it up to God to take care of. And God will. Because he's watching over us. He's our shepherd. And he blesses us so abundantly. I mean, just look at Jesus and his life here on earth. That's what he did over and over and over again. He didn't retaliate. What about David? He didn't retaliate against King Saul. He could have. He could have taken his life a a number of times. He could have said all kinds of nasty things about him, but he didn't. Bible says he didn't speak an unkind word about Saul he only spoke the truth how could he do that I mean God had told David you're you're going to be the king and still Saul thought he he was the king but David trusted in God and he knew that in God's timing it would happen and so he waited on the Lord he didn't allow himself to be filled with stress and anxiety but he just trusted, just as we need to trust. This morning, do you hear the shepherd calling your name? Next time you're you're struggling to surrender yourself to the Lord, remember what Isaiah says in Isaiah 43.1, Fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, and you are mine. You know, in the end, dealing with stress, it's not that hard. It really isn't. How do you find happiness? It really isn't that hard. It's not found in the world, it's not found in others. You know where it's found? In Jesus. Plain and simple. In a relationship with Jesus. You want to have more peace and joy? You want to get rid of the stress in your life? Then just walk closer to Christ. Walk intimately with Him. Spend time with Him every day. Fill your mind with the, the, the truths of Scripture. And silence the lies of this world. When worry and anxiety come knocking on your door, claim God's promises. That's when we got to look to him all all, all the more. It's like when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. You know what? The reason a a, a nightlight is so comforting, even though it does create shadows, is because there is a light. And that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to turn our backs on the shadow because it's only a shadow and we have to look at the source of light, which is Jesus. And with his presence comforting us, with his light in our lives, we're able to carry on. We're able to serve and live for him. Isn't it time to let go of the stress in your life and allow the shepherd to lead you? You know, some of the places he he leads us, they're not easy. Some of the valleys, they're dark. We don't know which way to go. But you have to remember that often it's through those dark valleys that leads to the green pastures and the still waters. He's got to take us through those valleys to get us to a place where we can rest and spend time with him. But even in those valleys, remember, your shepherd is there. And his goodness and mercy, it will follow you all the days of your life. What an encouragement, what a comfort. Back then, as well as today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you, Lord, for your word and for encouraging us through this psalm. Lord, that we don't have to be afraid, we don't have to be worried allow anxiety to fill our lives, but we just need to trust in you. So Lord, we just pray that we might walk with you. We pray, Lord, that we might turn away from the darkness and be focused on the light. And we just thank you, Lord, for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We can count on you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. He leaves.